1: Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I wanna say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we will focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of the nonprofit Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to our children and their families around the world. You could find out all of the information at elfinpowers.org, and you could find this link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Nicole Walter. Nicole is a Reiki master teacher and practitioner. Hi there. Hi, thank you so much. (sighs) It's so great to have you today. So I have so many questions, but we'll always start from the beginning. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) When did you and why did you start this journey into becoming a Reiki master? Uh, Probably
2: a decade ago, right around a decade ago, uh, I first came across what Reiki is. Um, Not a lot of information around it. But it first entered my my life, my field that long ago. So, saying it aloud, I feel you know, like oh my goodness, that's kind of
1: a long time, <laughs> a decade. That's awesome. And how did it how did it first present itself to you?
2: I was looking for ways to better, um, honestly, parent through improving myself. Uh, so I was going to be um, a mom. And there's a lot about wellness for the baby and the journey of pregnancy, but sometimes at least not what I found, uh, support for the mother's journey. And I knew that there was a lot of work, hopefully improvement that I wanted to do to prepare for uh, my first son to enter the world. So as often happens when we set that intention, the right things find us hopefully and i was in a um, therapy session which is what i had chosen right because therapy can be a really beneficial way to start to work on ourselves so i was in a therapy session and that therapist was also a reiki practitioner Hmm. and so it became less talking uh, more reiki to the point where my sessions were receiving the energy of reiki which in my case was getting me farther in where I wanted to go uh, in terms of uh, healing and shedding and feeling more calm and grounded, that uh, entrance to Reiki got me farther at the time than um, traditional talk therapy, which I still love and support. So I thought that maybe it was like some super magical thing that that was secret. And then I learned eventually asking questions, that actually this is a gift that we all have. And we can train to kind of hone that gift, uh, learn a little bit more, create context for it, but that actually anybody could do it and you can't mess it up. And I like those kinds of things. (laughs) I like straightforward, very simple things. And so I went on to train uh, to be a practitioner and then a teacher. Wow. And who are
1: your ideal clients, if you have any?
2: I love skeptical clients. Um, I love clients who might have had a background in, you know, corporate America, business, but maybe like me, sense that there might be something more, or this doesn't have to be so hard, or I don't, I don't have the time or the capacity to run from thing to thing, class to class, or, you know, workshop to workshop, what can I do um, at, at home or on my own? to be a little bit better in tune and, and more relieved and uh, more intuitive. So I like finding um, some skeptical people who might want a little bit of the scientific background, who look for a way to balance out their existing lives. And then complementary to that, I am a parent. Um, and so I will always uh, have a soft spot for mothers, parents, like me, fathers as well, um, who have kids and are like, I need a way to, whew, to calm down <laughs> because parenting is tough. It is tough and it's beautiful and it's joyous and, and it's hard. And so I've always been drawn
1: to work with parents uh, as well. And as you, um, became, you know, trained in Reiki, did you find that you yourself have become more intuitive?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. The way that I uh, kind of describe it when I'm teaching is that like we're all this light bulb, right? This beautiful, perfect glowing light bulb. And that's our gift. We're, we're born that way. And then life kind of clouds the surface of the light bulb, some dust, maybe some bugs get zapped on there, um, gum, I don't know, twigs. <laughs> and so we're still perfect on the inside, but the life stuff has, has come around to cloud that up a little bit. So what's really common in the practice of Reiki is that as we work with this modality and everything gets polished, the light bulb gets polished, our intuition has space to heighten as a result. That's really common. It's a really, um, to me, supportive, somewhat unexpected side effect because I don't consider myself, uh, you know, a, a true gifted psychic, but I now say with confidence through the practice of Reiki that I have honed my intuition and that we all can. That it's all there. It's getting back to that that initial state of clear
1: and perfect. Beautiful. And it's funny when um, my twenty-one-year-old was younger, and there were some things going on. She didn't want that. She would not do talk therapy, as most of children don't want to. I had, I didn't know you then. So I had to meet with another Reiki practitioner and it was beautiful because, um, and you could probably attest to this, but as the client or the child doesn't want to speak, the Reiki practitioner actually is making them feel good energetically, though they might not know what's going on, but also they'll get like an, you, you would get an intuitive hit to really yeah. help guide the child. Has, has that happened with you and some of your clients? It has
2: it actually very first off, um, this was a way it started out with me with with my journey, but my son, who had then gotten a little bit older, came to use this practice with me as his practitioner, almost nightly. So there are a, a deep need for support for parents and what we can offer our kids. And, you know, sometimes when they're struggling as toddlers or in school yeah, of course, you know, you can go to um, different types of therapy, but there is a point when we just from our hearts want to help our, our families, our loved ones, our children. And so I was able to use this um, as a way to create a little bit more comfort and a feeling of balance safety for my son. And, and to answer your question, Mara, uh, that intuition on what he needed, and then giving him some space to calm down and feel more comfortable in his ever growing toddler, you know, body helped him become a little bit more intuitive as well. Mm. Just feeling safe enough to listen to himself and who to befriend who to you know, what situation to walk away from. So both of us our intuition kind of tuned on turned
1: on through this practice. Wow. Um, Is it true that women um, are born more intuitive than men? Do you know about that?
2: (laughs) I think if we are in touch with our divine feminine, male or female identifying, the qualities of what you might hear uh, or associate as being feminine, yin, uh, water-like, earthy, those nurturing qualities do lend themselves to the female archetype. So I know male identifying, um, practitioners, friends that are extremely, extremely intuitive. And that is kind of housed within what I call the divine feminine. So, I mean, if I was, I don't, I don't gamble, but if I was placing my bet, it would be towards, you know, the, the female archetype there is this beauty around that side, the, the, uh, yin side, as we might call it, that is nurturing. Absolutely.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. And the gift that you are giving to your son or to your children is beautiful. It's so profound. And, um, so do you ever work with children that are have some type of diagnosis, whether it's ADD on this spectrum, you know, bipolar, schizophrenic, anything, I do.
2: Um, I'm going to reference my son because this is closest to home. Um, He has sensory processing disorder. And so it is considered, uh, you know, on a on a layer of the spectrum. And so what happened in his case is before he had really strong verbal skills, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half, he was acting out at school. He noticed because of his sensory processing disorder which in short means his brain and his body don't always fire at the right time um he was frustrated that the student next to him had a beautiful art piece Mm. but meanwhile he wasn't able to articulate his own drawing and so you know he's three he would pull her ponytail and then i would get a call pick up your son he's lashing out um and so that was when my practice, it always, it always is with me. I practice on myself every day. But I was able to um, truly feel, and I mean that in a literal sense, because you use your hands in, in Reiki um, to notice, sense differences around the, the body. It's palpable, particularly when you're trained in this. It gave me a hope of leveling out that brain and body disconnect. Um, and, and since then, obviously I'll maintain their privacy, but through, you know, my story and I'm not shy to speak about, um, my son, uh, I've been able to help shift some of that. And that is along with other trained therapists. So I do love that the practice of Reiki is such a complementary modality. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's all or nothing. Um, and so it was able to create context for some of the other therapies like occupational therapy and speech therapy that he was undergoing.
1: Right, and I was gonna ask, so my 23-year-old, all gifted and challenged with his Asperger's ADHD and his superpower, his mathematical abilities. um, You know, I didn't know about Reiki. 17 years ago. So we did the speech therapy, the occupational therapy, but wow. I mean, we did start energy um, healing when I found out about it when he was about 16 and had a profound difference, but that's so amazing that you, you know, you're able to guide him. Um, And do you ever work with any children that have ADD, ADHD to help maybe um, adjust their energy? I
2: do. Yes, I do. Um, you know, because of my work, uh, I have a a long history of teaching um, in other fields I actually used to work in the classroom setting as well. So I've worked with youth um, almost my whole life, like two thirds of my life. And I have been able to work with uh, a neighborhood kid who has um, ADHD and um, others in my family. So, you know, when we think of the the intelligence and the energy around ADHD, it is it is so special in that the, the movement around how much they can accomplish and that level of intelligence, Reiki can create um, a way to align it so that it feels a little less scattered. And that offers some hope for those of of, um, of us with ADHD or even sensory processing disorder That gives us a hope to feel at home and purposeful in our bodies, sometimes for the first time, which is to
1: me so empowering and and to others. Absolutely. And is that something that you would say would complement versus take the place of uh, traditional medication?
2: I would say complement. If someone is, you know, comfortable through diagnosis, through doctor care, uh, to be on to the point maybe tapering off of a, a more traditional western program if they're able to taper they might be at a point when reiki is enough mm. but uh, it can absolutely be complementary at any point so it's it's so individual um and while that's not for for me to diagnose in a medical sense there is a, a beautiful point of being able to gauge when someone might be able to explore a different modality like Reiki. And then we we look closely for the benefit it's bringing and, you know, what we can adjust in terms of session length, uh, regularity of sessions, intention of sessions.
1: Wow. And do you ever, um, work like with one of the parents on their child versus directly on or through the parent cut, you know, versus directly on the child's.
2: Yes, absolutely. So that's going to be age-based i mean i'm i'm in the state of california but i i work uh worldwide so it really depends on um like legal age like age of consent for that state um but even if you know i I have a client who's 19 and this is newer to him so as long as he's comfortable i work with his mom to get feedback on how it's going so it's always uh, ingrained in the family unit. If that's what works for them, if someone were 20, 21, 22, you know, that wouldn't be the same consent area. um, but I'm always happy to include the team of the family because it matters towards the holistic wellness of the whole family unit. I mean, for example, my son, you know, SPD, sensory processing disorder, that is a a family diagnosis to navigate. It's it goes beyond just,
1: you know, my son, For sure. Um, And we met, I think, um, through one of my husband's employees who's a midwife. So it leads me to ask, I'm so grateful for that introduction. Have you ever worked with pregnant women?
2: I have. I have. And it's the sweetest. Um, It's, you know, because this is a practice of um, sensing where energy might be realigned to be able to um, work on a pregnant woman. There is just it's that light bulb, that, that perfect, perfect being about to come into the world. And that is the, the strongest, purest energy. I love it. I, I have had the, the sweetest experiences working on, on pregnant women. And for myself with my second son, I received Reiki regularly while I was pregnant. Um, and it for the better, vastly shaped the experience of my pregnancy. So um, I don't it's it's consent based, of course, if someone is interested in that is considered safe. And it is such a soothing compliment towards some of the things we might, you know, be be stressing about worrying about when we're pregnant, especially for the first time, it takes all of those thoughts and gives them this really sweet exhale. And then we get to focus on the loving energy of this baby uh, about to come into the world.
1: Right when you said that, I was just like, oh, I could breathe. You gave me a sigh yeah. of relief. So with your first pregnancy, thing. did you receive Reiki or just with your second?
2: Uh, my second, I was training with my first. So it was right around the time like, of his birth when all of this clicked, Mm. So my second son, who's now five in the womb, I was receiving Reiki for my first son. Um, I was kind of planning and preparatory. So Reiki came in a little bit more slowly over that the course of that process, pregnancy and birth.
1: Wow. That's so amazing. And um Did you notice? I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's hard to tell because you know, one child, children are different anyway. So whether or not you received the Reiki, if that would have directly, um, you know, had a a proven benefit for your second child versus your first, it's probably hard to determine.
2: I had a vastly different birth experience with my second child, Um, and so you know, to be fair, some of that is just you've already been through it. So
1: yes, less fear right there. Yeah. (laughs) That For takes sure. the
2: scope off of um, the unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, in terms of of receiving Reiki, I had a really smooth pregnancy the second time. Uh, I kind of joke that my son, he, he walked into the world. Like he was just confident. He was so aligned and he still is this way. He's the just sturdiest, strongest character. Um, mm. He, he walked to birth.
1: Wow. <laughs> he, he was, was just here. like,
2: I'm here. It was an announcement. My husband went to go move the car from, uh, the emergency spot at the hospital, uh, like a drop-off. He went mm-hmm. to go move the car to a regular spot because it was presumably going to be a while. No. Uh, when my husband rejoined me in the delivery room, Max was like, I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm earthside.
1: Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was like two minutes oh so he didn't miss the delivery
2: no 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 like, no. it was very close very close it was like wow
1: <laughs> and how was your husband through the whole journey of you wanting to get into reiki and then doing it he um,
2: is very supportive and a thing that's cool about that is he's a uh steady practical person um supportive but you know kind of a little bit the other direction of of me who's always looking for meanings and signs but I've been able to pretty much this practice, not me specifically, but the practice of Reiki has been able to help dispel any doubt in a naturally doubting personality. So uh, he travels for work and uh, years ago, ate, a, a, you know, a, a meal on the road, like an unhealthy kind of meal with friends and texted me from his hotel. I don't feel good. He didn't give specifics. I don't feel good. Is there anything you can do? So Reiki does work over distance. I know that's, uh, kind of a trip if we're not used to it. So I was able to work on him over distance. He was in South Carolina. I was in California and he didn't say anything, but immediately I had picked up there was distress in the stomach area. Just mm. it was, it was like, woof, I could feel it. I almost was going, Oh my goodness. This is, this is a tummy ache. Um, so I worked on it, I channeled energy to that area, texted him 20 minutes later to follow up, stomach ache had passed. And that's when I questioned, is the area, is the reason you felt lousy your stomach, which he had never said, and it, and it was, and he felt better. So without, you know, tipping me off, uh, through the practice and being sensitive to energy and through training, I knew stomach, let's work to shift this and was able to clear it and and other things. You know, if his phone is busy at work and it's chirp, chirp, chirp from text messages, I can send energy, a practitioner can send energy to the phone, which is a vibrating energetic thing. A cell phone has its own vibration and I can help soothe that so that it gets a little quieter and a little calmer and his days will often get better
1: at work with some channeled energy to his phone. Any technology. I love that. Well, we're going to take a brief break. And when we get back, we're going to discuss how uh, Reiki is already in medical spaces. You're going to share with us an amazing calming technique and um, a couple more stories about your clients. So if everybody could stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thank you.
0: In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast and if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at org. And now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and today we are talking with Nicole Walter, who is a Reiki Master Teacher and Practitioner. Hi, Nicole. Hi, thank you. So, uh, Nicole, we started discussing how Reiki is already in the medical and wellness space. Can you uh, shed some light on that?
2: I can. Uh, it's something that, that I think is so important. Reiki is uh, a modality that is gaining more traction in traditional uh, medical spaces, hospitals, hospice, uh, wellness centers, and That means that once there's more attention on it, we get to start to look at it as a a credible practice and start to study it. So, you know, we're kind of in this um, midpoint. It's a little bit more well-known. Hospitals have started to adopt it or they might allow um, patients to uh, ask for the treatment or maybe bring in a practitioner like me prior to treatment. And really, In in an inspiring way, hospice as well, uh, most often is open to a practitioner like me working in the hospice space. So the more that us practitioners can show that we're helping clients and patients, we're normalizing this complementary practice in what we consider a traditional uh, medical space, you know, doctor's office, surgery center,
1: hospital. And when you're doing the Reiki, are you actually touching the client's body? It truly depends on your practitioner. So there
2: is actually um, a branch of energy work that uh, it's my understanding um, started or formalized with a group of nurses called Healing Touch. And in that practice, it is uh, the soothing nature of strategic hands-on placement to help reset the nervous system. In my lineage of uh, Reiki, long form Usui, the the creator Reiki Ryoho, it could be hands-on or hands-off. And so it's totally specific to the situation. Any practitioner like myself should be able to change based on their client's comfort preferences and past. So if someone is sensitive to touch or if you're in a medical space and and you you can't get near per se, maybe they're across the, the surgery center, we can work over a great distance or a bit of distance. So it, it really can go either way, but we always want to take our clients' needs and considerations into mind.
1: It's amazing. And, um, you know, when I first heard about Reiki and how it can work. You you don't have to be there with somebody. Um, I found it was profound. And there are some clients that love it and some that say, no, I need to be in the same room because they don't really understand it. I don't know if it's a fear. Um, Have you experienced that with your clients?
2: Yeah. Funny enough, um, the past two years, so since 2020, uh, a change in the landscape of our lives, more people needed to, one- receive some kind of beneficial relaxation healing technique and two they needed it over distance Mm. and so i think we've started to normalize uh distance energy work distance reiki because we had to so an unexpected shift for the better is that it is now slightly uh more well known that this does work over distance and i The energy works the session works, I think when we're working over distance where we can get tripped up is the environment we're creating for ourselves. When we think of taking a quiet hour or so, give or take in our own home, so, for example, me as a parent, I know that distance Reiki works I receive distance Reiki from other practitioners. But if I'm doing it and I didn't feed the dog and, and he's crying at the door, if I didn't make arrangements for my children to have some, some deep quiet space, just like if we're practicing yoga at home or meditation, you know, we do need to add that layer of, to the best of our ability, a uh, uh, sacred space so that we're a little less out of our outside, you know, noise, busy mind, and we can drop in. So if someone does feel I got to get out of my, my house. <laughs> Absolutely. They might be inclined to be in person. That makes total sense. So it's either.
1: Beautiful. So I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we'll see yeah. how this works. So do, if I just said to you, asked you now, can you scan my body and see if there are any blocks? Would you say schedule a session? Or is that something that you'd be able to do?
2: um although I would love a session to really dive in yes I could do it absolutely um you know would I be a little extra smiley and you know wiggly because we're on video sure but yes I could um and if you really had something that you wanted to dive into uh that was repetitively coming up for you of course a longer session would create context to do deeper work but Yes. Also either.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. So let's, do you have a second to us uh, sure. and see what's here and I'm an yeah. open book. So, uh, yeah, I'll give you full permission. <laughs> so,
2: um, for friends who are watching this, uh, just to narrate for a quick second, cause I might close my eyes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to glance, uh, at Mara and just Use that that energy and the visualization of Mara to create a deeper connection. It's like um, an intention. She's I mean she's here, but she's also kind of like the image is the surrogate for me to help connect. So my left hand i'll narrate for just a moment Uh, my left hand and it might be reversed on screen no problem has stopped at her heart space it's not it's not going to move because her heart is uh, just this sweet powerful um, open energy center where nurturing and coming back to um, love in this space is so beneficial to Uh, Mara. So I'm just going to leave my left hand there a little bit of soothing around her heart. And then I notice along the left side of her body, maybe um, stomach or the outer seam of her torso. Maybe she would benefit from a little bit of a shift, a little bit of soothing there. So you know, while I don't diagnose, I'm certainly going to ask her in a moment, is there anything going on, um, you know, stress-based for digestion Uh, any ache or pain, particularly around the left side of her stomach. I'm going to send a little bit of love back to her heart, because she is so special and such a gifted, talented uh, healer and coordinator and supporter. For now, that feels complete, so I lower my hands. Thank you. And in a client session, albeit brief, I would ask if she also felt anything around what I was perceiving heart space and then anything towards uh, the left side of the belly.
1: First of all, thank you. That was beautiful. I just felt like I just wanted to close my eyes and float away. If <laughs> I tried to get, I fought to keep them open. Um, and on my, it's funny, on my left side, there's something, I felt like I pulled muscle this morning, but so it's, to, it's not, I don't know if it's my stomach versus like the back of my ribs or something. Yeah. Would that be? Yeah. Yes. So that was. Um, yeah. It
2: didn't feel like um, grumbly, like, oh, you know, yeah. was your lunch okay? It felt <laughs> yeah. more like a like a stay and hover, um, like a bodily soothing that would need to take place somewhere along that curve. It wasn't the belly. It was towards the side.
1: The side. Perfect. Yeah. Now I know to make a follow-up session with you. Yeah. <laughs> That is so wonderful. Um, Are there any other, I I thank you for sharing that with everybody. Are there any client stories that you'd like to share that you think our um, viewers and our friends would like to hear about? Sure,
2: thank you. Um, You know, obviously keeping
1: their privacy, but I'll share too. I
2: am happy to work with anyone who's skeptical. So for example, um, pre-pandemic, I was able to volunteer at a hospice and go into um, their homes or their centers, their care centers, wherever they were at. And so I was referred to uh, just this sweetest, uh, full of life spitfire of a client. She was early in the hospice journey and you know she was just, she was open. She's like, I don't know what you're doing, sweetie. Feel free to do it. I'm, I'm gonna take a nap, you do your thing. So she was just delightfully doubtful or ambiguous, I guess. Um, she, you know, laid down, it was easier for her. That was, uh, I often travel with a massage table, but you want the person to be comfortable. So if someone's in a hospice setting their bed, their couch, anything is fine. Um, so I did my session, she dozed off and that's fine too. That relaxation response is normal, which is good. It's a compliment to the practice. Um, so I followed up with one of her nurses, uh, part of the hospice group, and she had profound uh, sciatica relief. That was something that she was able to experience was um, a shift in pain it's probably down her right leg I forget the leg, but I think it was the right as a result of the session. And unbeknownst to me, the fact that she was able to fall asleep alone from relaxing was so beneficial to her because of the pain and, you know, uh, going through the hospice process, she hadn't slept well. So she dozed off and still, when we were able to check in, had results. So I love really simple things. I I don't favor complicated practices. I'm bouncing with my kids, work, et cetera. I like when things are straightforward, powerful, but straightforward. And that is an example of someone receiving benefit of the practice with just this little seed of an intention of, Hey, if it's gonna work, it's gonna work. I'm gonna take a nap,
1: <laughs> right. and it still worked. <laughs> and she woke up with you still there.
2: Um, I or? got permission because it is common in hospice to need to rest. I got permission to quietly leave as long as she's safe. So that's specific to the patient and the hospice setting.
1: Wow, that so is... I follow.
2: I follow up no matter what. In that case, with her care nurse, her um, her like her caretaker, but. Yeah. Uh, if a client's in my office, I'm not going to walk away. I would
1: lightly, you know, tap their feet. But in that case, it was okay to exit quietly. Wow. That would have been been great to be there when she woke up and she's like, wow. Yeah. So, she was just, and, wow. And if somebody, so she was open to it. If someone just like, I don't believe. So two questions. One is, are you allowed to work on somebody without their permission? And then number two, if someone is a, a, just doesn't believe but gives you permission Could it still work? I guess if you could speak to both of those.
2: Yeah, of course. So the first one is personal choice. I think it's an ethical choice. If someone is staunchly opposed and I have that information, it's not my place to override that. I might set a loving intention that, you know, when the practice finds them at the right time, even if it's with someone else, uh, a different setting that I hope it it finds them at the right time. Uh, But I don't and can't, and I'll explain that, force Reiki on someone. So uh, I'm going to use just my dog as an example, Milo, the French bulldog. Um, Milo is a spunky dog. And so when he came into our family two years ago, I was like, woo, I get to practice Reiki on our new puppy. And Milo was like, no, not having it, not having it. He, I don't know. He was just, just, I would, I would do a little bit of uh, channeling and he would pop up and So I'm not going to chase Milo or a (laughs) human around and be like, ah, let me do my thing. I, I don't have consent, but this practice finds us. If, if you even have the slightest interest, maybe hearing this or maybe you hear of it somewhere else and you just say, you know, let me find this in the right way at the right time, that will happen organically. So there is no need to force it, but energetically, if I were to work on someone who was uh, not in agreement, so not that I would, but if I were to keep going, uh, I would most likely get a bounce back. Like, so Mara, if you were a no, it would have felt, I would have probably felt nothing, Mm. either like a wall or or cold or just still non-responsive. So that is kind of my um, fallback. So where that might apply is if a parent gives me permission to work on their really small child who can't speak for themselves, a baby. If I get energetic pushback or a no, I do honor that. That's, that's where it pauses. I'm not going to force through that at all.
1: Right, right. Beautiful. And the other day you shared with me about a calming technique for anxious minds. We'd love you to share that with our friends. Of course. So
2: if we think of um, kind of the, the, Anxiousness that we experience from jobs, life, etc, it kind of has a, a an activity to it right there's a there's a movement there it's kind of palpable we know when we're relaxed and we're reading a book sipping an iced tea and we know when we're like this. That like this has a feel to it, you might um, not yet know that, but maybe hearing this you're like yeah it's kind of palpable I kind of feel zingy chaotic, almost like I'm on fire. And, and that energy it extends past you. I mean, you can tell if you're in the store and someone next to you picking out their organic banana is frazzled. You can feel it even if you don't speak. It's, it's palpable. Um, so if we think of that energy extending a little bit past us, a really simple thing to do. Remember, I love simple, helping parents, helping the skeptical is to take your hands just past like the top of your head, you can totally pick if it's here or here. If you prefer touching, you can take a breath, really connect mind body, just take one inhale, and an exhale. And then think of smoothing like a wrinkled shirt. Think of smoothing that energy forward. And then you just move down. So you can keep as much space as you'd like, you don't have to smoosh your face, bring that energy forward and down. You might think of things like dropping the brow, letting the eyelids drop, relaxing the jaw, smoothing out the throat, finding some space in the heart. And I'm just sweeping. I know my hands went off screen, but I'm combing just inches from the front of my body, combing from head to toe, thinking of all of those wrinkles in my hectic energy being smoothed. And then when we end at the feet, you don't have to, You know bend all the way down but when you get close to the feet pausing one more breath and think of your feet anchoring down so you take the wrinkles forward down smooth smooth all the way to the feet take a breath in at the feet
1: exhale go about your day thank you wow beautiful thank you for sharing that and that could be done um standing or laying down absolutely Yeah, I mean, you
2: you know, I always think of uh, when I transfer from, like, the car or work into the house, (laughs) as a parent, there's a quick, like, ah, okay, I'm switching gears. So, seconds, five seconds, five, four, three, two,
1: one, Mm. and the feet, take a breath. And you could do that to yourself or somebody else if they're open to it. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful! It's been such yeah. a pleasure speaking with you. Um, Thank you. Where do you work out of an office, or where would you work? I only do virtually? for
2: for um, in person clients. I'm local to San Clemente, okay. so if that is drivable for someone, I work in a sweet uh, healing center off of Del Mar. Mm-hmm. But I also travel in home to you know the greater OC area or North San Diego and uh, over distance. So if you're like my husband with that phantom stomachache and you're in South Carolina, <laughs> we can absolutely work uh, over distance as well. So San Clemente, I'm happy to come to semi-local homes. And if that is outside of your area, over distance.
1: Beautiful. And can you share with us your website and social media handles? Of course.
2: So it has a funky spelling, but it means something. So if you think of illuminate, like to light up, mm. it starts with AU which is the scientific element for gold, just this oh. soothing, strong energy. So it's A-U-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E, com and the Instagram is the same.
1: Okay, beautiful, and we'll put that in, um, we'll Thanks. have that printed out. And what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: um you can email me my phone number and my email are on my website i'm pretty quick online i have a background in corporate america so i'm really quick at emails Uh, if you want to send a message or a text i have a booking program online so you can get a feel for when we might be able to meet and i want to emphasize i love 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 questions particularly skeptical questions i have a, a journal on my website where i really do try and shape uh, context around these practices, particularly if someone's new. So get a feel for me, what I offer, my approach, and I welcome questions, emails,
1: texts, et cetera. Beautiful. It's been such a pleasure, Nicole. Thank you Thank to you. you. Thank you to all of our friends out there. And don't ever forget that you are amazing.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.